returning to Galatians once again to Galatians and chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, beginning of verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Amen. We'll leave the reading just there. And let's bow our heads again in prayer. Our eternal God, we come before thee again this evening and as we open up the word, we pray that it might be opened up to our souls and that we might learn more of ourselves and more of thee. And Lord, that we might hide within our hearts the precepts of our God, and that we might glorify thy name, that we might serve thee, Lord, that we might do so faithfully. We pray, Father, that we might be aware of the responsibilities that we have as individuals before the God of heaven, and that we have responsibilities also, one toward another, <clears throat> that we should be encouragers, and that we should lift up one another if we fall or if we stumble, or that we should continue on in the path, that our lame feet might not be turned aside, but rather be healed. Lord, we pray that thou wast help us each one as we so often stumble. Lord, we pray that thou wast help us to gain a sure footing, uh, trusting in the Lord for all things, knowing that our deliverance is in him by faith. And Lord, we pray that thou would bless our souls. Hear us then, we ask, continue with us now. Help me to bring forth the word which is here. Lord, we pray that it might be a blessing to us in the Saviour's name. Amen. I suppose, really, uh, I want to think with you uh, these words of verse 2, which says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ. So we have read the fifth chapter also, and we find there the liberty which is given to us in Christ Jesus. And we see there that we are saved by grace, and it's not by the works of the law or of the um, rites and rituals of the church that our salvation is, but it is through the Lord Jesus Christ and by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Nevertheless, there are things that we are to do. Uh, they are not rites or rituals, and they are not just the keeping of the law, uh, but they are uh, that command which the Lord has given to us in verse 14 of chapter 5, that thou love thy neighbor as thyself. And in this 
Paul says, you will keep the law also. And so don't be too worried about keeping the law and thinking about the different aspects of it and how you can keep it and, and whether you've kept it and all of those things. But just keep this in mind. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And then the law will follow. Uh, it will be a part of that because everything that is given in the law is taken up in those words or the second table of the law anyway uh, of man toward man and so there it is about a relationship isn't it and the law of christ is concerning relationships two relationships in fact one relationship with our brothers and sisters in christ another relationship with the lord jesus himself which is where i want to begin considering the relationships that we should nurture of course, the first relationship which we really need to nurture, which we really have to work upon, is our relationship with Jesus Christ as our Savior. He is our liberator. He is the one who has delivered us from sin. He is the one of whom Paul writes here and says that we have liberty. We have liberty. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty with, wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. A liberty. So Christ has set us at liberty. He is our liberator. And that's a, a tremendous thing uh, for us, of course, to meditate upon, that the Lord has saved us from the curse of the law, uh, being made a curse for us, uh, taking away the handwriting of ordinances against us, nailing them to his cross, that we are free of the condemnation of the law, that when we stand before the Lord, it won't be uh, that we have not kept this law or that law, but it will be that Christ Jesus has kept the law for us. He is our salvation. And when we consider Christ as our liberator, surely there needs to be a relationship such as we seek to be like him, uh, that we recognize who he is, and in our thanksgiving to him of the liberation which he gives to us, we ought to also have that liberty in our minds to give to others, that we might show it to them, that we might help to deliver them uh, from the uh, entanglements of this world, the yoke, as it says, of bondage. And that is the purpose, of course, he goes and preaches in the synagogues up and down the land uh, and throughout Asia Minor at that time, that he might reveal to them that there is a liberty from the laws which condemn them, and that liberty is in Christ. Of course, in this land, we are, uh, don't have those laws uh, in the same way that people wouldn't know what the laws of God were, probably. If you were to ask them what the Ten Commandments were, uh, I don't suppose they would be able to get very many. They might get, uh, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, and thou shalt not commit adultery. Uh, but after that, I'm sure they would struggle, uh, even those who know something about the Scripture. But nevertheless, uh, the bondage is still there. And the people who live around this area and indeed up and down the nation and throughout the world, they are in bondage. And if Christ is our liberator and we stand free, then surely we ought also to preach that message that others might be freed also. We know the Lord Jesus has said to us freely, ye have received, freely give. Our relationship with Christ the Saviour then first is to see him as our liberator and to adore him and thank him and praise him because of all he has done for us. But then also we can say that Christ is our law keeper because it is Christ who has fulfilled all of the law. That all that was asked of him was done and at the end he could say it is finished. I have 
finish the work which thou gavest me to do. No other man was able, able ever to say that. Uh, the work is never finished, of course. But this work which Christ has was finished. It was a work which was <coughs> accomplished uh, upon the earth and uh, finally uh, wrapped up as he dies upon the cross of Calvary and sheds his blood. Uh, the work is accomplished. The work is finished. He has kept the law and he has kept the law for us that we might be accepted in him. In uh, Galatians 5 and verse 3, it says, For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. And Christ is become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. Now Paul is not saying here that if you have been circumcised you can't be saved. No, what he is saying is that if you have been uh, moved upon by those Judaizers who have come amongst the church at Galatia and said, you know, that you might be trusting in Christ, but you still need to be circumcised. Paul is saying, but if you are circumcised, what is circumcision? Circumcision is signing up, so to speak, to the law. It is to say, I am going to keep the law. And if you are going to keep the law, then you are fallen from grace because you're not trusting Christ to have kept the law for you. You are saying, no, I'm going to work my way to heaven. It always reminds me of the chapter 24 in uh, Joshua. Uh, in Joshua 24, uh, the uh, great captain of the people speak to the, speaks to the people and tells them uh, that they are to fear the Lord. It says in verse 14, Now therefore fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose ye this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served <clears throat> that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord." And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, and which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went, and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land, and therefore will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord, for he is an holy God, he is a jealous God, he will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt, and consume you after that he hath done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves, that ye have chosen you the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. Well, the people uh, determined that they were going to follow God. But of course, we know that in the book of Judges, we read that there rose up a generation after them which knew not the Lord, neither the mighty works which he had done. And we find that the people wander away and follow their own paths, that there was no open vision, and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And they followed the gods of the land, and they were unable, just as Joshua said, to follow the Lord. And so Paul says to the people here, if you say that you are going to keep the law uh, because, ye, uh, have been uh, because you have been circumcised, then you are fallen from grace. Trust in Christ. Christ is our salvation. He, he does not save us by our works, but 
by his death upon the cross. The following verses, verse 5 and 6 of chapter 5 of Galatians. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Christ is our lawgiver. And then, of course, we must say that Christ in this relationship is our love. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. We are to love the Lord. Isn't that the first commandment? Uh, which God gives, which Christ gives, uh, when he was asked, what is that great commandment? Thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart, with all thy soul. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, as Paul uses it here. So that relationship of love, do we love the Lord? Do you love the Lord? Is there a love for him? Is there just an acknowledgement of him? Is there just a nod in his direction every now and again? Is there an actual love? Do we desire him above all other things? There is where we need to nurture that relationship. It doesn't come immediately. We think, you know, in this day and age that people fall in love unless they get married. And we hear much about uh, that in, in uh, the popular culture of this day. But remember, in the times of the scriptures, uh, that people would have had um, arranged marriages and that that arrangement begins with the, uh, with the actual marriage. And then afterwards, the love needs to be nurtured. It needs to be built up upon the foundation of the contract, which has already been made. Uh, we think of how that uh, Rebecca came to Isaac and he took her into his mother's tent. She became his wife, but she had only just met him. She hadn't fallen in love with him. Uh, certainly at that time she didn't really know very much about him and so the kind of love that we speak about these days that passion that that desire that that uh, uh, camaraderie that closeness that we have those things need to be nurtured we come and trust in the lord jesus christ and there is that uh, quick perhaps flash of, of of love in the fact that our sins have been removed from us and we love the lord but we don't really know him we don't really know him. We need to nurture that relationship that we love the Lord. We love him because he is our liberator, because he is our law keeper, because he is our deliverer. But we need to love him and look upon him. And that takes work on our behalf. Jesus died upon the cross of Calvary to save us because he loved us. But then we know that the scripture says God is love we however are not and therefore there needs to be that work relationship needs to be nurtured with christ as our savior then also our relationship with the spirit as our sanctifier <clears throat> the spirit is our hope of course in galatians chapter 5 again and verse 5 what do we read for we through the spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith the hope of righteousness or the expectation of righteousness we are pressing towards righteousness with an expectation that we will overcome 
And we need to do so in the Spirit. It is the Spirit who works in us. It is the Spirit who is the earnest of the possession. It is the Spirit who is the, uh, the connection that we have with God. He dwells within our hearts. And we need a relationship with him. That he will strengthen us to overcome uh, the corruptions of our hearts. The works of the flesh. Again, chapter 5, verse 19. We won't read the list again, but I'm sure you will uh, know most of it anyway, or uh, at least be able to uh, agree that these things are the works of the flesh. Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Manifest. They are there. They are to be seen, and they're sit to be seen in the world. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, and so on. All of these things, they are manifest in the world. We can see where the flesh takes us. If there is no fear of God in a man's eyes or in a man's heart, then he can go down any of these paths. And we see that those things are the works of the flesh. We have flesh. We are flesh. And if they are the works of the flesh, then they are a part of the works which are a part of us, and we need to be aware of them. And we need to be striving against them. And so the apostle says that we need to uh, seek after the, that, that fruit of the Spirit. It tells us in verse 24, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. But the very fact that he needs to say that means that it is, doesn't just come naturally. If the apostle is needing to write, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit, then he is saying to us, there is something which needs to be done here. And it's not the keeping of the law, but there is necessarily a relationship which needs to be built and which needs to be nurtured, and that, that relationship needs to be with the Spirit. He is the hope of our righteousness. The Spirit is also the help to righteousness. This I say then, walk in the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The closer we are uh, to the Spirit, as he guides us, the further we will be from the lusts of the flesh. We need the Spirit of God to fill us. We need a relationship with him. We need to be aware of his presence, lest we should... Uh, grieve the spirit of god and then thirdly in these relationships we need a relationship with the christians who are around us as our fellow soldiers and fellow laborers we all struggle face the same struggles in life uh, there are of course uh, different shades of struggle and there are different methods that those struggles come but there are the struggles of the flesh there are the struggles of illness there are the struggles of of hopes and fears uh, struggles of family uh, they, they all come back to just a few groups and all of them branch out into many uh, many uh, different ways of course but they all come back to these same groups and the same fears and the same worries and the same cares and we need to be able to strengthen one another encourage one another pray one for another we need a relationship with Christians forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is, Paul says. We need to strengthen. We need to edify one another. We need to be tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven us. But there is this continued one another. We are a group. 
and we are together in this and we are seeking to go forward together in this and not just ourselves but those who will follow after us we already quoted that verse there rose up a generation which knew not the lord neither the mighty works which he had done how did that generation ever arise and how has the generation that we have around us in this day arisen how is it that people now have departed from the scriptures and have followed after the world well because the world of course has their ear and their eye in this day and age uh, we might say the synagogue of satan uh, which runs the church of tv and radio and uh, newspapers and the like uh, even schools where the things of god are never taught now we heard perhaps uh, Boris Johnson's speech and he spoke about some things of the, of the past of this country. We never once mentioned the churches, never once mentioned the Christians, never once mentioned the gospel which went out uh, throughout the land. And yet it's to be seen because in every village and every town there are churches and those churches have been built and you, you don't just build a church for two people. And so there was a congregation who wanted to build a church and they gathered in the funds. Why? To build a church where they might worship the Lord God. And God blessed this country because of it. But we all face the struggles. And we need to remember to pray one for another. And particularly for the young people and our children. And we see there in the service that we all share. We're all in the same work together. There are different aspects of that work of course even in the war there are different aspects i was thinking uh, of those who were on the front line in the second world war uh, some of course were foot soldiers carrying their rifles uh, there were others who were in tanks uh, others of course on ships uh, sailing on the oceans but there were some who never really left the shores of this country I think of the code code breakers of bletchley park uh, they were on the front line but it wasn't the same front line they weren't there being shot at with bullets, although I'm sure they would have been bombed had the Germans known where they were. But their front line was a, a different kind of front line altogether. And sometimes we look at other Christians and we wonder what, what they're doing. Remember what Jesus said uh, to, to Peter when Peter looked at John and said, and what shall this man do? And Jesus told him, well, mind your own business. Doesn't matter what that man's going to do. Doesn't matter if he's, if he's still alive when I come back. It's none of your business. Well, what are you going to do? And we are to pray one for another and know that the Lord would have us all to be about the work of God. So here are the relationships then. And here uh, it comes really from that first verse of chapter 6. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in the fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear ye one another's burdens. There's the relationship with men. And so fulfill the law of Christ. There's the relationship with Christ. We are about the work of the Lord. Secondly then the rejoicing. Because here the, uh, the, the thought of the, of the book really is that there were some who were uh, departing to take up judaism and kind of tack it on to christianity so becoming uh, jewish christians uh, and of course the, the the jewish christians who were already there uh, were saying well really you need to be circumcised like us and so those who were gentiles were uh, taking this in and they were saying well maybe we do we need to make that stand that we will keep the law 
And Paul says no, that that is not what is required here. If you love your neighbor as yourself, then you fulfill the law. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart, you fulfill the law. And so here we have this uh, thought then of the rejoicing, and it was a rejoicing that they would have in the fact that they had been circumcised. And they could say to other people, well, I've been circumcised. But Paul doesn't preach it. We've been called to liberty. Don't use that liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Don't use that liberty so that people will look at you and say, oh, yes, so there's a holy person. He's been circumcised. He's keeping the law. He, he's going to be like the Pharisees. Don't use it for that. But do the service of the king. Our rejoicing should be in the Lord. And our rejoicing should be in our own walk with the Lord. Here we have it in verse 4 of chapter 6. But let every man prove his own work and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Of course, there, there appears on the surface here to be a contradiction. Because it says in verse 2, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And then it says uh, there in verse 5, for every man shall bear his own burden. That seems to be a contradiction. Uh, but what he is saying, of course, is that we are to encourage one another in this world. But when we stand before God, we will answer for ourselves only. We will answer for what we have done. We will answer for our lives. And so our rejoicing needs to be in the work of God in our lives. Our personal victory over the devil, for instance. Because here is our adversary. It is Satan who is our adversary. You might say, well, Satan doesn't take time for me. But he takes time for the world. He takes time for the world. And we are surrounded by the works of Satan. Uh, I was uh, just saying to Carol, I think this morning, uh, about the, the time that we can spend uh, watching what was once termed, and I think it's a good term, the devil's sewer pipe. Uh, when the, the television turns out everything, which is bad, really. Uh, we look at the works of the flesh that are manifest and particularly in this day, we are to turn on the TV, we will find there adultery and fornication and uncleanness and lasciviousness and idolatry and witchcraft and hatred and variance and emulations and wrath and strife and seditions and heresies and envyings and murders and drunkenness and revelings and all of those things. And it seems to be those things that people want to watch the most. And I hear uh, that there's a a program on which has come from South Korea. Um, now, it's the name of it's going to disappear from me, but I've, some of you will hear, uh, will know what it is anyway. And it's all about people uh, playing children's games uh, to gain a great uh, monetary prize, uh, but if you fail, if you lose, you die. And you sort of think, well, what, why, do, why is that the number one program? Uh, at the moment, I think it's on Netflix. Why is that the number one thing that people want to watch? Why are we want to watch death so much? What is it about? Why is death such a thing? Why is revenge such a thing? Why, why are all of these things pumped at us the whole time? Because they are the way of the flesh. And they affect us. And we think how the, the Satan is against us, he is our adversary, but we don't really see how he gets to us, but he does get to us. Through pretty much everything in this world, he gets to us. And we need a personal victory over the devil. 
and we need a persistent victory over the flesh because here is our battleground and this is brought out by Paul here where he says that every man prove his own work our battleground is my life your life what you do what I do individually ourselves so we're not rejoicing in what somebody else does we're rejoicing in what the Lord is doing in us we will bear our own burden or load and the word there load is the sense has the sense of our own responsibility we are responsible for ourselves so again here how important it is that we um, fulfill the law of Christ that we love one another and therefore bear one another's burdens that we love the Lord who has redeemed us that we might have strength to overcome the flesh and the attacks of the wicked one how important it is that our relationships with Christ should bring forth our victories over sin and then finally the patience that we should show we need to be patient it tells us there in verse 7 be not deceived God is not mocked for whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting and let us not be weary in well doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not the patience that we should show let us not be weary you know sometimes uh, we are about to give up because well, we don't seem to be getting anywhere and the world is getting worse uh, it reminds us of those words of the woman with the issue of blood that she uh, spent all that she had all her living uh, and yet she grew no better but rather grew worse and we feel that sometimes we go and we preach the gospel and we, and we seek to tell people of Christ and the world's getting worse instead of better. But the Lord is saving whomsoever he will. He is building his church. And it will uh, perhaps soon be, soon be uh, finished and accomplished. Uh, we, it, see, it certainly seems to many in this day and age that we are in the very last uh, of days. But don't be weary we need to bear that burden of infirmity our failures but let us get up and press onwards uh, we read in hebrews in chapter 12 these words in hebrews 12 it says wherefore lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. We need to turn to the Lord and continue pressing onwards. The patience that we should show then is bearing the burden of infirmity in ourselves, our own failures, our own weaknesses, and press onwards because we have the hope of the spirit that we might have righteousness in him and then also the patience that we should show should be with others who are around us the burden of those who fall wounded uh, those who stumble sometimes we have a, a very short uh, fuse when other people around us fail uh, and we consider that they ought not to fail but we fail 
Well, we don't quite see ourselves in the same light, do we? We always uh, can pick out the, the moat in our brother's eye, but not the beam in our own. And Jesus, of course, draws our attention to that. But we need to have patience, one with another. And we need to spend much time praying for them. Very often, uh, those who are the first to judge are those who are the least at prayer. Uh, we need to be praying one for another and bear the burdens one of another. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And then we need the patience uh, to show for the blessings of liberty. The Lord says to us through the Apostle Paul, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Service one to another in freedom. We are free to serve. We are free to work for him. There is nothing holding us back. And let us preach the gospel. Let us serve the Lord. Sometimes we're waiting for someone to invite us to do this or that. But we are free to do those things and to serve the Lord. And again, Galatians 6, 8, He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. How important it is then to nurture those relationships with Christ and one with another that we might speak of him and we might rejoice together in the day of the Lord. May the Lord bless these thoughts to our hearts this evening.